you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with the Intergate Podcast. Who knew we'd do it again? They should play this, that one song from that uh, Britney Spears chick. Oops, I whatever. I don't want to get sued, so I'm not even going to finish the line. But anyway, my dad doesn't oversee my account for how crazy I am. So you want to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I don't know what that means. And uh, you want to go to goodreads.com for chess Chris Voss. See what we're reading and reviewing over there. We just launched the Goodreads giveaway, too, for my book. So you can go over there and maybe uh, earn your way for a free copy. You can also go to, uh, let's see, youtube.com for chess Chris Voss. Hit the bell notification. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those places where the the cool kids are playing around. The Chris Voss show is over there trying to be cool with those cool kids. So you want to check that out. So we're excited to announce my new book is coming out. It's called Beacons of Leadership, Inspiring Lessons of Success in Business and Innovation. It's going to be coming out on October 5th, 2021. And I'm really excited for you to get a chance to read this book. It's filled with a multitude of my insightful stories, lessons, my life, and experiences in leadership and character. I give you some of the secrets from my CEO Entrepreneurial Toolbox that I use to scale my business success, innovate, and build a multitude of companies. I've been a CEO for, uh, what is it, like uh, 33, 35 years now. We talk about leadership, the importance of leadership, how to become a great leader, and how anyone can become a great leader as well. So you can pre-order the book right now wherever fine books are sold, but the best thing to do on getting a pre-order deal is to go to beaconsofleadership.com. That's beaconsofleadership.com. On there, you can find several packages you can take advantage of in ordering the book. And for the same price of what you can get it from someplace else like Amazon, you can get all sorts of extra goodies that we've taken and given away. Uh, Different collectors, limited edition, custom made numbered book plates that are going to be autographed by me. There's all sorts of other goodies that you can get when you buy the book from beaconsofleadership.com. So be sure to go there, check it out, or order the book wherever fine books are sold. Today we have uh, amazing two authors on the show. We were looking for a two-for-one price deal, and uh, we searched on the, the tubes there, the inner tubes of the web. And uh, these guys pulled up, and actually I've known at least one of them for several years. I'm not sure about the other, but hopefully this will be the start of a beautiful relationship. Platonic, of course. Don't get excited there. Anyway, guys, <laughs> it's a new book, and it's going to be coming right off the presses, as they like to do in the old days. September 28th, 2021. The book is called Good Comes First, How Today's Leaders Create an Uncompromising Company Culture That Doesn't Suck. I love the ending, how that wraps up. Welcome to the show. Mark Babbitt and S. Chris Edmonds are with us today. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Chris, we're delighted to be here. See, I may only need to speak for myself. Mark, you can answer the question independently. I'm quasi-delighted. I've known Chris for a a lot of years, as he mentioned, and we've gone... We've had similar experiences on a lot of things, so we this is our first time to connect on the show, though, so this is fun. This is the, our, our IRL. Is that what the kids call it, the in-real-life experience there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like there you go. Yeah. 3D-ish. 
We'll have to There's... we'll have to get Chris attached to me on Facebook so we can stalk each other. So give us your dot com so your plugs or people can find you on the interwebs, gentlemen. We got to start with the goodcomesfirst.com, which is the spot to learn more about the upcoming book, the mm-hmm. green covered book over marks on my two shoulders. And my website for my business is driving results through culture.com. It's a little long, but it works. There you go. Mark? And mine uh, is workiq.com. It's W-O-R-Q-I-Q.com. There you go. So, guys, you've launched this new book. Congratulations. Launching a book is always uh, so much fun, especially in editing. What motivated you to want to write this book? Well, Chris, I'll Mark, tell you. you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. I, 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 Chris and I come at this from two very different experiences, although – the more we hung out, and like um, you and I, Chris Voss, uh, Chris Edmonds, and I have been hanging out on social media for years, and then we met actually met each other at a company culture conference in Chicago a long time ago now, and it turned out that although we come at this from two very different perspectives, we both had the same view on how we're talking about company culture, how we're talking about leadership is bass backwards. It, it we're measuring engagement. And we're trying to improve retention and we're trying to make better leaders, but we're never talking about the company culture that all of that falls under. Yeah. And so how can you ask an employee to be more engaged if the company culture sucks? And from my <laughs> perspective, I've been in the career world for, and I was sending college students, recent graduates, young professionals into a workforce that was not a very pleasant place to hang out. And so I thought we could change that. And the more Chris Edmonds and I talked the more that became a reality. That's very true. You can't have a culture. You're all going to be leaders and like it here, damn it, or else. <laughs> you mean, oh, like Amazon. Oh, sorry. Hey. For example. I, I heard they're going to upgrade the uh, pee buckets that they have there uh, <laughs> on the floor to padded pads this year. I hope there's no video. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> We're all getting sued at this point. So why the title... Good comes first. Like, was good comes last? Was that like just not on the agenda, or why? Where did we where did we get this title from? The whole concept, Chris, is most leaders focus upon getting results accomplished, getting crap out the door, whatever it is, and that's all they know. That's for the most part all they've been expected to do, and so. On the periphery of Mark's work and my work around corporate culture and business cultures and even band cultures, that's another show. But if leaders really engage people, trust people, validate people, give them praise and recognition for their ideas, efforts, and accomplishments, some pretty darn cool things happen. And the research is really very consistent. But most leaders don't go there. And it's why engagement has been pretty stagnant at 30, 33% over the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And there've been millions and millions of dollars spent on programs. And it's not a program that we're proposing. What we're proposing is, and we can prove it. If you've got people that are <sighs> calm, respectful, civil, fun, smart, and can work together cooperatively, then you're going to make a lot of money. This sure is asking a lot, though, in today's age, isn't it? For millennials <laughs> or Gen Xers or Gen Zers or I've lost track. Which is the, I'm just kidding, kids. So what do you guys teach in the book? What sort of teasers can you give out that can help people build better cultures and think about Our foundational principle in the book, 
Chris, is as Chris Edmonds mentioned, leaders are typically focused on results. All that matters is the number of widgets and, and the profit margin for the widgets. Mm-hmm. And what we're asking people to do to get to this state where people are actually enjoying their work, they come to work fulfilled every day, they actually serve their customers better, is to put respect on the same level as those results. Mm-hmm. And and we have 342 and a half ways of measuring results, but we don't even look at respect. And so that's the foundational principle is if leaders start paying attention to how people are treated in the workforce, results go way up. We've got to start respecting people. Is that part of the padded pee bucket? (laughs) That could be step one. We're looking at level five, but we're getting there. We're getting there. They're just a startup that Amazon, they don't, they they just need to get raised more money. I think the pee buckets come after the rocket that goes to the moon or whatever. Anyway, so give us some examples of things that you advise in the book on how culture can be. One of the things that, that we realized years ago is that leaders really have never been asked to even look at culture. The health of a culture, how do you look at that? Mm-hmm. And if you find out that it's not healthy, how do you fix it? So we really get to a place where this is a process that we've done, oh, a thousand times before, and it actually works. But what it requires is for leaders to take their expertise, if we can call it that, their comfort with clear performance expectations and managing to those, which, by the way, we know that performance accountability can always be improved no matter the company. But let's take those concepts and say, good, now let's define what being respectful looks like Mm. from leaders to followers, from peers to peers, from peers to 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 customers or potential customers. Let's define what we mean by respect. So one of the classic ideas we propose in the book is many clients come to us and say, we need your help. And one of the values we want to have lived day to day is integrity. So let's go out and ask 20 people in your company what integrity means to them. And we get 20 answers or worse. So let's define integrity to make sure it's tangible, observable, measurable. So one of the behaviors that we teach is I do what I say we'll do. So if we can help you get respect defined to a behavior like that, now we can measure it. Does that mean that we have to build this incredibly complex structure for measuring valued behaviors? No, it's very simple. It's an employee survey, but then you have to pay attention to it. So the idea is let's define exactly what we mean by respect or honesty or even excellence or even creativity. Mm-hmm. And we've had some clients define fun and it's okay, that's really cool. That's That absolutely fits. And so what in essence you're doing as a leader is you're getting the other half of the job figured out. If half is, if half is doing performance, let's get the respect piece in a similar way clearly defined, specific and measurable fashion. Well, that's got to be important. I, When I built my companies, I studied a lot of different Tom Peters and I think the learning organization, the fifth element of the fifth discipline. Yeah. And I was intent on building a learning organization, one that can develop. And there were different techniques that I used. And I don't think a lot, like you guys say, I don't think a lot of people think about culture when they build their organization. Culture, typically we found both in our practice and in the research for the book, is almost accidental. And it takes, in many cases, good or bad, it takes on the personality of the founders. 
Yeah. The CEO. And not that I want us to get have, in addition to the Amazon lawyers, I don't want the, the you know, other companies to pay to see them. But look at uh, last five years, how many frat bro cultures have been uncovered and how many companies and a couple of them, one of them, Uber, has done a wonderful job of saying, you know what, that's who we used to be. Mm-hmm. But now we have, we're defining our values and mm-hmm. we're living those new values, new leadership, new values, new mission. We are going to treat people with respect. And so they went from being one of those accidental cultures where it definitely took on the the personality of the founders and the CEO. And they've now deliberately changed their culture to something tangible and measurable. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting to see Uber's not a small company. Yeah. Right. And and to, to see them like take this on just head on, it's been pretty amazing. No more accidental culture at Uber. They're doing some great work. Yeah. And that's uh, that was the question I had for you guys. Is it changeable when you have a bad culture or toxic culture or no culture? Is it changeable? It really is. And and part of the job we see we have, Chris, in this book is to teach. So we're both teachers, and yet we want to not only increase leaders' awareness of a different way to do things, but actually get them to do it. Mm-hmm. So we want, we don't want it to just be information that never gets acted upon. I've got my <clears throat> master's thesis in there, over there somewhere. But actually that it does get leveraged. It does get implemented. And so this idea of measuring valued behaviors allows organizations to be able to say, we can we know to the dime exactly where we've performed today or this week or this quarter from a performance side. Let's now really gather some information about how frontline staff believe their bosses treat them respectfully. Now that can come, that, that, that can be a surprise for some leaders. They've never paid attention to that. They've never had good role models maybe. And so now we're saying good for this half of your job, you're managing performance pretty well. You can't cuss and throw crap at, at your team anymore. That just doesn't cut it here. And the idea at its basis is if you formalize your desired culture, leaders have to live it. Well, that's mm. an interesting one because mm. only if they model it does it gain credibility with everybody else who's sitting there going, really? Keeping your word, show me. And if they do, <laughs> it makes a huge impact. This is one of the things that I talk about where a lot of leaders think that they can just say one thing and do it and no one will notice. Like, you, oh, we're going to put out a PR that we have great culture here. And you're like, have you seen your Glassdoor reviews? <laughs> and maybe there needs to be an annual, how they do the annual review thing on employees. There needs oh, to be yeah. an annual review thing on leadership and the culture. That would be interesting. Yeah. It's funny you say that because there's a whole chapter in Good Comes First that's dedicated exactly to that. See, I set that up. I knew that. Yeah, thanks. No, Chris is <laughs> both Chris's. You're both right. If we, if we, Chris Evans, I'm going to steal your phrase. We talk in the book about management or messaging by announcement. We're, mm. we're going to put out the PR thing that says we're a great company. It's going to be plastered all over our About Us page and our careers page on the website. And it's going to be the first paragraph of every friggin' job description we write for the rest of our <laughs> natural born lives. But then you actually have to do it. At some point, yeah. that has to be transparent. Are we really that company? And if we don't measure, starting with the leadership, uh, the, the executive team, 
if we can't count on them, and Chris Edmonds, I'll use your example, integrity, you roll out this new culture and you're the CEO that's kicking the puppy in the elevator when you think nobody's <laughs> looking? Wow. I yeah. Mean, that come on that yeah, and then you get caught on youtube or you know, yeah TikTok and then yeah. You know, yeah. 13 million views later you don't have a job yeah. anymore so <laughs> the, in a good comes first culture the the leadership must serve as chief role models and that's not an easy hmm. transition to make for some chris voss in your case you said you wanted to build companies built on a learning culture mm-hmm. right well that's you right? Uh, yeah. I've watched you over the years. That's you. Thanks. So you do serve as chief role model on that thing. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you had to say, I've decided that swearing and the F-bombs aren't a great culture, <laughs> that might be harder for you to role model. Yeah. I would have failed that a couple right. times on Facebook. So just, yeah. just hypothetical. Yeah. That's the commitment that leaders have to make to, to build that intentional, uncompromising culture. You don't get to compromise. Yeah. Now, now, and if I can add to that, one of the pieces that we emphasize is as you begin to formalize a civil, kind, hopefully fun work culture where people's ideas are valued and people are validated, you're going to have some people say, you mean I got to be nice to these people? (laughs) Wow. You're not paying me. Now, they're not saying this boldly, but they might say, I don't think this is for me. And what we coach is let them go. Be nice. Lovingly set them free because they're never going to embrace this respectful environment. Let them go succeed somewhere else. Sure. But what you have to do is to be able to create an environment. and, And you were just talking about younger generations. Some of the research that we've seen really indicates that Gen Xers and Gen Zs, who are going to be two-thirds of the workforce by 2030 between the two generations, they're not going to embrace this old-school command and control. We're screwed. No, I'm just kidding. No, we are But the it, it, it when culture is very important to me, not only a learning culture, but also a, an open culture, like one of the rules we had. Um, not, not to promote my book, but I wrote about, but this, this was one I had early on was the only stupid question is the unasked question. It was a culture where people could feel free to be educated, to, to open themselves up. And there wasn't this toxic culture of, you don't know how to put paper in the copier. How dare you? But yeah. what you guys speak to is the thing, like I, I grew up with, my parents were really good people and they were well-meaning as most parents are, but my parents would always say, don't lie. Lying is bad. You go to hell if you're bad, too. They're religious. And then you catch them lying. And you'd be like, hey, wait, what's going on here? What's going on here? I think I see there's a bit of hypocrisy or whatever. There could be a credibility problem. There could be a credibility problem. And so that's what you have to learn as a leader. I think it's most important that you guys talk about is there has to be that consistency of message where you have to live it, love it, or leave it. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because oftentimes we're we're as we're describing this idea of you want people that are respectful as well as high performing people are going. I got this gal, I got this guy who's a prick, and but he makes us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And okay, but how much money is that bad behavior costing you? And it's an evolution. And it could be an evolution that takes a month or it takes six months. But I remember a senior leader from a small printing company in central Minnesota 
that said, I can't lose so-and-so. He's my best salesperson. Okay, let's hold him accountable for sharing information, for increasing other success. And of course, that wasn't in this guy's DNA. And mm -hmm. it was, it took three months, but it was, you can't stay here. Wow. And I remember Jill who said, I've been losing sleep over this guy for 10 years. And it feels like this is the right thing to do. It's very interesting. Hmm. Wow. So the other thing you guys talk about is distancing yourself from the competition. Do you analyze the competition and try and build a better culture than them? Or how does that work? I think industry specific, it's funny how almost every industry has a niche culture. And, and it doesn't have to be just, say, telecom. It can be the startup world in Silicon has its own brand of culture. People think they know what to expect when they go to a startup in Silicon Valley versus going to a Ford or a General Motors. Mm -hmm. And and it's well, here's what we found. We tell leaders, don't worry about what the competition is doing. It's like when I coach baseball, I tell my young men, just go play your game. Let them fuss about theirs, but let's go play our game. And But here's the deal, Chris, this, the tendency from... TQM days in the 1980s on has been, let's just be a little better than our competition, even though they we know they suck. <laughs> but if we're going after the same middle manager, then we just have to be like, maybe they're only a four and a half out of 10 on the culture scale. We just have to be a five. Mm -hmm. And that's a self-defeating de prophecy. You, yeah. Don't, don't, maybe you're not going to be a nine or a nine and a half yet, but but move yourself from that five to, a, to an eight. And, mm -hmm. and now... When that person sits down for the interview and they go, you know, that interview wasn't bad over there, but damn, I feel like I, I, I would belong here. Yeah. My, my personal values are aligned with theirs. They do what they say they're going to do. They've treated me with nothing but respect from the beginning. They didn't make me wait six weeks after the, after the last interview to get a call back. These guys, they said they would call us back by Friday. They did. I'm kind of digging this. And now it's not even a competition. And I think it, I think in my, it, 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 it passes through to the, to the customer. If you have a healthy culture, I'll pick on the UPS, U.S. Postal Service. And not all U.S. Postal Services are bad. I've met some good employees every now and then. I about fall over when I do and be like, mm -hmm. you're a unicorn. But, and, and there's some reasons why they have a toxic culture there, yeah. uh, which isn't probably the frontline employees' problems, faults. Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of grumbling not so happy U.S. Postal Services might have made some videos about them, people. And I routinely will meet FedEx and UPS people. And for the most part, they have a different attitude towards their job. They're very happy. They love their job. UPS drivers, using my favorite drivers. Sorry, FedEx, there's a little bit of a favoritism there. But I met some UPS drivers. They love the crap out of their job. They do. And, and so I think that the culture, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, that's the setup. The culture passes through to the customer and the customer senses it. Absolutely. And Mark's talking about living in the mountains. We used to, up until a year ago, we were up at about 8,500 feet mm -hmm. and our UPS driver was our savior. He was constant. <laughs> if and We had this little cool, tiny cul-de-sac with five old mountain cabins on it. And if he came to one, he'd drive by and visit to look at anybody else who happened to be out and about. He And he just was effusive. I love this company. I'm going to retire in two years. Wow. We were still up there when he retired. But you're right. When people feel honored and respected, mm -hmm. it, it, it almost 
is impossible for them to go through a conversation without mentioning it. It's pretty interesting. And I think if I recall rightly, UPS is an employee-owned company where the employees basically own it. I believe it is. Yeah. I'll tell you. Pretty well. I, I use the difference between the post office and UPS in, in keynotes all the time. And I use our my example here in Colorado. I have a driveway that's a quarter of a mile long. Holy crap. And the postal service, yeah, it's great in the winter. I absolutely love it. But <laughs> That's why I moved. But when it's not covered with snow, it's wonderful. But the postal service is a very policy-driven company, not a culture-driven company. Ah, Their okay. policy says, because we have two dogs and invisible fencing that are not chained up, that are not in their crates, they're not allowed to come up to deliver a package. They will literally mm. put it at the bottom of the driveway where anybody could just drive by and pick up the package and leave, and nobody would wow. know. The UPS guy not only comes up the driveway, he brings dog treats. <laughs> My dogs know what the UPS truck, as it comes up the hill, sounds like. Yeah. And the dogs run out to, to greet. They're the drooling as soon yeah. as he parks. Truck and he doesn't care. So <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a culture-driven company. And so it's yeah. not just people, yeah. not just customers who notice. Dogs notice, right? If the dog notices, <laughs> dog. you would think customers would notice. Wow, right? that's quite the so, low bar. What a difference. And Wait, again, policy-driven, culture-driven. Yeah. That's the difference. Maybe, maybe those dogs need to go be consultants. And But I, of, I like the... Go one ahead. of them could. One, she's smart enough. The other one is a he, he, dumb as a... He's a little no, simpler. Sounds like my consulting. The, I mean, what are you doing up there? You're in Montana? Oh, Colorado. So I that remarried like a whole and, Ted Kaczynski program you got going on. You're writing no, up in yeah, no, the we, woods um, somewhere. So, Chris, I always said if I ever got married again, I'd bury somebody smarter than me. And my um, wife of 20 years now is quite literally a rocket scientist. Wow. And, yeah. And she so she works down in Cheyenne Mountain and Peterson Air Force Base. And that's why we're here. And yeah. we want to live up in the trees. Yeah. Driveway to plow. So, wow, yeah. that'll give you something to do. The you must not win a lot of arguments then, because anytime she calls you on the carpet, she's like, "I'm a rocket scientist, and you're just some guy who who uh, she doesn't even have to do it." Even my own kids go, "Dad, don't argue. She's smarter than you. No, she's a so rocket not, scientist." It's this is not going to turn out. This is why I only date crack addicts, because then I, I can one up them. I'm like, little I'm like, I can, I can win all wait. the arguments. So my dogs were a low bar, and now we're. Going- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Just, just, it's a rough show. Anything else we guys want to touch on in the book? I like the concept of thinking about you're a policy-driven company as opposed to as opposed to uh, a, a culture-driven company. Yeah. My run-ins with the U.S. Postal Service, sorry to pick on them, but has always been. Well, yeah, yeah. I can't like, do oh, that. Yeah. What are some yeah. other ways companies can improve their culture and respect people? I'll, I'm going to go back to a large retailer, unable to tell you exactly which one, but I want to give you a snapshot. So it was about a year into this process, 400 store, a lot of employees. And in the middle of an afternoon, someone, a salesperson on the floor in hardware had a tough experience. Maybe it had a tough day. Comes back into the behind the scenes, little kind of storage area and starts to scream, like a longshoreman's vocabulary lesson and is creative, dramatic, and pretty pissed off. Mm. And so her boss, who's out on the floor, hears her, goes back in and says, we don't 
talk like that here, especially when customers can hear us. I know you're frustrated. Let's go get a cup of coffee. They left the store. So there's a transition from don't do that to come on, we've got a higher standard we're trying to live to here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't leave it for everybody else, for all the peers to go, why do you do that? It's loud. The customers can hear it. They're not having to bicker. They can simply trust that leadership is going to be there to realign. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it's a whole difference in how you approach stuff and grow and meet people on uh, what they're doing. So anything more you want to tease out before we go out, guys? I just, I'll say one thing, Chris. Chances are a lot of your listeners right now are saying, well, they're talking about respect and being kind and civil. And they're talking about, well, I guess we can measure that maybe. We, we don't talk to leaders about that stuff. That's the mechanism. Mm-hmm. What we talk about in the book, and the whole last third of the book is practical and tactical, is is look, we don't need you to think about being kind or civil or uh, being a mentor versus a manager, although those things will come. If you do all this, those things will come. We don't want you to think about kindness. We want you to think about engagement. You've been working for two decades to improve your engagement numbers. Worldwide, they have not gone up. So let's talk to you about how we can actually do that. So Instill your good comes first, intentional, uncompromising company culture and watch your engagement go up 30, 35%. Yeah. Watch your customer service ratings go up 25 to 35%. Productivity up 30%. Profits up 30%. That's what we have to talk to leaders. So yes, there's a certain way we have to talk to the employees to get them to absolutely buy in to this new culture, to align to this new culture but we also have to talk to leaders in, uh, in different terms, too, because if I go to a fellow old white guy and go, dude, you got to start being kind, they're going to laugh in our face. But if we say, <laughs> if you build an intentional company culture that kindness is a factor, then here's what's going to happen to your business metrics. And isn't that what you want? So it isn't all kumbaya. It isn't a foo-foo. There's data to show that when you put respect on the same level as results, your business metrics are going to go up and it's across the board. It isn't once in a while. It isn't your results may vary. It happens every single time. Wow. And that's what everybody wants. More profits, more results, more stuff. People love a place where they don't feel like they have to do something, where they do something because they really want to and they really enjoy it and stuff. So anyway, guys, thanks for being on the show, sharing the data with us. Give us your plug so people can find you on the interwebs. I'll jump in again. Goodcomesfirst.com is the place where you'll find information about the book. And driving results through culture.com and more. WorkIQ, W-O-R-Q-I-Q.com. There you guys go. Thank you very much for being on the show with us, guys. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And thanks to my audience for tuning in. Be sure to order up the book. You can go to wherever fine books are sold. But remember, only go to the places where the fine books are sold. Don't buy those from those guys in the alleyway. Good comes first. How today's leaders create an uncompromising company culture that doesn't suck. Uh, I'll be looking for the next uh, book that will come out from these guys Good comes last and uh, culture that does suck or something. I don't know. I'm just having fun with that. Anyway, guys, be sure to go to goodreads.com for just Chris Voss to see what we're doing over there and everybody else that we're reading and reviewing. Go to uh, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, all this stuff, youtube.com for just Chris Voss. We certainly appreciate it. Be good to each other. Stay uh, safe, and we'll see you next time. 
So we're excited to announce my new book is coming out. It's called Beacons of Leadership, Inspiring Lessons of Success in Business and Innovation. It's going to be coming out on October 5th, 2021. And I'm really excited for you to get a chance to read this book. It's filled with a multitude of my insightful stories, lessons, my life, and experiences in leadership and character. I give you some of the secrets from my CEO Entrepreneur Toolbox that I use to scale my business success, innovate, and build a multitude of companies. I've been a CEO for, uh, what is it, like uh, 33 35 years now. We talk about leadership, the importance of leadership, how to become a great leader, and how anyone can become a great leader as well. So you can pre-order the book right now wherever fine books are sold, but the best thing to do on getting a pre-order deal is to go to beaconsofleadership.com. That's beaconsofleadership.com. On there, you can find several packages you can take advantage of in ordering the book. And for the same price of what you can get it from someplace else like Amazon, you can get all sorts of extra goodies that we've taken and given away. Uh, Different collectors, limited edition custom made numbered book plates that are going to be autographed by me there's all sorts of other goodies that you can get when you buy the book from beaconsofleadership.com so be sure to go there check it out or order the book where refined books are sold